Welcome to the Married and Naked podcast. I'm Tammy, founder of the blog Married and Naked, relationship coach and speaker. I'm Joel, television host, motivational speaker, and the guinea pig to the lessons you're about to learn. We're high school sweethearts married over two decades, and we're on a mission to help you create the marriage you desire and deserve. Let's get naked. Welcome in, everybody. This is Tammy with the Married and Naked podcast. I'm so happy to have you all here. We are recording episode number six. Woohoo! <laughs> Before we dive in, Joel, I just have to mention one of our main differences because it's very evident as we are filming this particular podcast, and that is our temperature differences. Oh, my goodness. This is a constant consistent thing that we have in our lives and it is never more evident than right now this is where we need to turn the podcast into an actual recording like video recording because you are bundled up in a sweater a hoodie sweater you have a blanket on top of you You have long pants and you have big boots on and i'm not (laughs) i'm in a t-shirt and sweats yeah my feet are literally freezing and they're in big socks and big boots and You've got, you know, very basic clothing on and I'm sitting here super cold wishing that the heater was on. (laughs) And we keep the heater off when we record these so that, you know, we have clear audio and everything. No, that's not why. Why do do we keep it off? Because it is miserable in this room. It gets so hot in this room. I can't handle it. And uh, can I also say that we have, you have two forms of heat back here. You have the heater in the house. And then you also have a floor heater. And I'm not joking. When I walk in here, it's over 80 degrees in here. None of which are on at the moment. Right. Hence my freezing But you feet. said as soon as we turn the heater off that, oh my gosh, I'm so cold. I'm like, what? It is like an oven in here. I'm sure many of you can relate. I know it's not uncommon to be living with somebody who prefers a different temperature <laughs> than you do, but it is an ongoing issue whether or not we have air on in the summer or heat on in the winter. Yeah, it's one of the differences that we struggle with sometimes and we laugh about it now, but it's not always very funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I guess it's not. Um, but it is a, you know, it's one of those things that opposites attract uh, another proof how opposite we really are. Yeah, I don't know if that part attracts me to you. <laughs> <laughs> and you're right, because I don't know that that attracts me to you because it is anyhow. Good anyhow. thing there's other things, right? I, I, that is very, very true. Well, today we are going to be tackling an interesting and heavy topic that um, I think is very close to our hearts, and I thought it would be something that we we should focus on a little bit. Because you and I had a rough week last week, it wasn't our easiest week, and one of the reasons was because we we were bickering a lot and having a couple days of fighting, and it was a challenging week, and it led both of us to think a lot about some of our strategies that we use when fighting that are successful and sometimes aren't so successful or some of the strategies we've learned really well to use, but sometimes in the heat of the moment, we kind of forget all about it. So since it was a challenging week, do you agree with that, Joel? Was it a challenging week? It was a very challenging week. Yes. Yes. It was a very challenging week. And um, yeah, I'm not quite sure what the topic is because again, I don't know what you're going to bring up at this moment, but um, yeah. I'm a little nervous as soon as you referenced this past week. I was like, oh, okay, we're going to go there. So what I thought we would talk about today is sharing some of the tips that we use in managing conflict. Hmm. Okay. 
Like I said, last week was a challenging week and I have to admit it was a week that I wasn't so good at managing conflict. It wasn't my brightest um, moments, but here we are on the other side and we did find our way through and the only way we were able to do that was finally getting back to, or the only way I was, I'll speak for myself, the only way I was able to do that is eventually getting back to the same strategies that we've learned over time and sometimes I just will lose sight of those sometimes, but it's important for us to always go back to those. And those are the things that eventually pull us through. Absolutely. Um, before we dive in though, I do have to say this, that I am so proud of you, Tammy. I know this is maybe different, you know, getting a little off the track, but I'm so proud of you because when you had this idea to do the podcast, it was just an idea. And here we are a little, little bit over a month later and the married to naked podcast has already received over 500 downloads um, it, it, you're already getting tons of questions coming in. And so thank you guys so much for paying attention and it, it's resonating with people. Um, as I'm sure this topic we're about to go into resonates with a lot of people. So, so please, if it is resonating with you, please leave us a, a great review or a review on the podcast, subscribe. And, um, again, we thank you so much and you can actually leave us a question, an anonymous question by going to the website, marriedandnaked.com. It, it's in the show notes below, um, to leave your question. Yeah. We would love to k- tackle your question here on the podcast, but what I'd like to dive into Joel then is our tips for managing conflict. And the first thing I want to say about managing conflict or managing arguments is that, I feel like arguments in marriage aren't wrong. And I think that a lot of times we think about, you know, arguing in marriage and having a goal of just not doing it, figuring out how not to argue anymore. But when I look at our marriage, some of the biggest transformations, some of the biggest growth that you and I have seen has come as a direct result of some pretty big arguments that we've had that we've been able to find our way to the other side of. So I I think that the goal is not to learn how not to argue, but it's learn how to argue so that you do it in a constructive way. And I have to admit this past week, I wasn't very constructive. But in the past, you know, many years ago when we were really struggling and we were fighting all the time, it wasn't just occasionally, it was constantly. And they were big fights and they would go on for days and we didn't know how to find our way through. And what we found is that that type of arguing was very destructive to our relationship, that constant cycle of arguing. So I don't think the goal is not to argue. I think the goal is learning how to argue so that it's not destructive like it was for us back in those days. It was extremely destructive and harmful to our marriage and really was tearing us apart. Yeah, I mean, we we weren't aware of it until you you know, you had your epiphanies that really turned our relationship, our marriage around. Um, So we weren't really aware of how destructive they were being and how to turn them into something that was constructive. And so your, your major epiphanies that, that, that led to the, the, the complete reblossoming of our relationship led to the married and naked blog that you started. And obviously where we are here today really helped that. And I, I feel like this past week, all I can do to help, you know, speaking for myself, all I can do to get me back to that 
plane, that, that leveling point was to think about those lessons that you had taught us, uh, you know, years and years ago that, you know, got us to where we are here today. Yeah, it was a stressful week in, in general. And I think all of that contributed and made it that much harder to figure out or remember all, all of those tools that that we've learned over the years and really, for me, learning or remembering how to put them back into play. So what I wanted to share with you is our tips today. And the first tip I have, and probably I feel one of the most important tips when it comes to managing conflict is laying down defenses. That's a big one. And it's so difficult. I don't, I don't care who you are. It's so difficult, you know, to, uh, you know, it's such a easy cycle to get into where you, you feel like you have to defend yourself and you, you suddenly you're on the defensive and, and you, you know, it's not, you're the one that's doing anything wrong. It's the person who's, who's attacking you that's doing everything wrong. So you get really defensive. I don't know if that's a good way to say it's so hard to not be defensive. Yeah, it's it's incredibly difficult and it's something you have to really work at finding an awareness of because being defensive is my like my default. It's my go-to. I get immediately defensive right off the bat when we are headed into some kind of a conflict. And on my good days, I am very aware of that happening and I have to extremely intentionally back that up and bite my tongue and shut that down because what I've learned is that those defenses when you the minute you put up defenses you're headed down a bad path you're headed down a path that's not going to find you to resolution and you're it, it really just contributes to kind of you going in circles and just you know defending yourself over and over and that doesn't get you anywhere when it comes to conflict so one of the most important strategies that I can use when we are having a fight or an argument is to be conscious of that defense mechanism going up and to lower those walls and shut that down. Yeah, I, absolutely. It's, it, I feel like the, the quickest way to stop the argument is to stop being defensive. And I'm, I'm speaking from, from me. The quickest way to, because you're right, your head, you're just going in a circle and I, I, I can't believe the, this and why is this happening? And, you know, the, this is being done wrong to me. And, and I'm literally just, I can't stop the circle. Um, so, yeah, it's as soon as we, we put those down, it, it seems to, it's almost like taking a big deep breath in a way and going, okay, now let's get to start. How do we fix this? One of the things that defenses, being defensive will do is it causes you to not be able to hear the other person because in your mind, you're playing out what your next defense is. Like what, what's the next thing you're going to say to, to defend yourself? What, what's that next thing? And you're not really hearing or paying attention to what's actually being said. And you're not really thinking at all about resolving a situation. You're just in the mode of you know, putting up those dukes, right? And you're putting up your fists, you're just ready to, to, to battle for yourself. And that poses a problem. If your goal is to resolve the conflict, that's certainly going to be probably one of your biggest demises when it comes to that. The second tip that I have would be avoiding criticism and attacking. 
Dr. Gottman, he is a researcher when it comes to marriages and relationships. And he says that he's able to like look at a couple and in a handful of minutes can determine quickly whether or not they are headed to divorce, whether or not they're going to survive or not. And one of the biggest things he looks for, does the couple show attacking or criticism in the midst of conflicts? I feel like um, it, it, I always question this thought or you know, this 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 part of it when we're talking about conflict resolution and showing you're criticizing, you're attacking your spouse. Simply, what I'm trying to say is, I feel like it's easy for me to stay away from that any other time. But when you're arguing and you're defensive. And you're trying to figure out ways to prove that you're not at fault and you're the, you know, you're the one being wronged. It's like all of a sudden the, the razor blades come out, the nails come out and you're like, oh, well, you're blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, you go on the defense and it's so like any other time I wouldn't, I, you know, I mean, I'm definitely not proud of some of the things that I say. Um, and it, like I, like I said in the beginning, I I feel like there are things I would never say normally. You just wouldn't say normally and you get in the heat of the moment and you like you said earlier you stop thinking clearly and you and your mind's spinning and all of a sudden you're next thing you know something flew out of your mouth and you're like what did I just say that that's the, that that's terrible. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to define uh, cuz I think sometimes people get confused between what a criticism is and like a complaint or a critique. They're, they're very different things. A criticism is an attack on a person's character, on the person themselves. A complaint is really focused on the specific thing or an event. It usually has like a request attached to it. Whereas a, a criticism is really meant to hurt. That That's the difference. So the goal in an argument is to not go to the extent where you are purposefully trying to hurt with your words. Because we all know, if we think about it, common sense, that's certainly not going to aid that argument in any way. It's going to hurt feelings, and it's going to take you down a path of making it that much harder to backtrack and get to the point where you're actually working through the argument. Now you're having to work through all the the hurt feelings about what was said, you know, rather than focused on what the actual argument was really about. So, okay, now I'm just curious. Uh, do I attack your character during arguments? I don't think that we really do a lot of criticism. Yeah, I don't, I don't think and so And I'm sure that that we did um, back in the day. I have a hard time remembering like what all those fights really looked like. But my guess is they involved a lot of criticism a lot of words of attack towards each other's character and personality and I think now if we do tend to go to, down that road I think we tend to do a, a decent job of, of reeling it back in and realizing okay wait a minute that's not the direction that I want to go that's not the words I wanted to say we're pretty good these days about you know apologizing and catching catching things like that pretty quickly 
So I don't think criticism is really plays too much of a role. If uh, you could tell me different, but no, I, I totally, I, I absolutely hundred percent agree with you. I just, you know, I'm sitting here reflecting about what happened last week and obviously just learning about this topic as we sit down here. Um, and I, I feel like we, we don't participate in a lot of criticism. I mean, sure. There's things we say that, you know, we definitely want to take back after we say them, but I don't, I don't think we're ever attacking each other's character. Um, but we definitely have complaints that we sure that we have to go. Yeah, back and, and the key is learning how to to share those complaints and those concerns in a way like again, like I was saying before, that's that's constructive and not and not hurtful. Um, and if you notice that there's a lot of criticism going on in your marriage, it's really important first of all to recognize it because sometimes you don't even realize that that's what's happening. You're just in such a habit as a couple of the back and forth criticism, the back and forth attacking. But I really encourage you to really check that language and and check in. Is that what's happening? And if it is, understand that that's not going to serve your marriage anyway. It's one of the key indicators of future divorce. And it's time to reel that in, check that, and recognize that there's more effective ways to share what it is that you're feeling. There's more effective ways to get through a conflict without having to hurt each other. Moving on to tip number three, and that is using I messages. Hmm. You mean like looking at you with my eyes? And <laughs> Very cute. Batting him at you? No, that's not that. Yeah, no. Uh, this is a basic, if you don't know what an I message is, it's a basic lesson that is used often in therapy. They share this idea of using iMessages in therapy. And essentially, it means that the person speaking is sharing his or her, her own thoughts and feelings rather than using a you message, which focuses the statement on the receiver of the communication. So for instance, a statement, a you statement would sound like, you never listen to me. It puts the blame on the other person, right? An I statement might sound like, I feel hurt when I feel like I'm not being heard. So it changes the way you're communicating and that it takes away a lot of blame, right? And there's one thing that I've learned for sure is that blame doesn't get you anywhere. The minute you point a finger at me, you better believe I am, I'm going into defensive mode. <laughs> Defense I'm gonna fight my side. That puts you and me in the mode where I wanna win, right? All that does is perpetuate an argument. Blaming me for something isn't going to get us anywhere. Me blaming you is not going to get us anywhere. So one of the things I know we work on, and we're not always great at it, but we are conscious of the fact that it's not going to help us, is reeling in that blame and, and really ditching that from our language. What if I'm creative and I say, I feel you aren't listening to me? That's definitely a you statement. <laughs> I think the, folk, the, the, the purpose is to really think about what it is you're feeling and thinking and taking ownership for that by keeping the words to I rather than you. Because the minute you say you, it's not going to help. So I, it's not always an easy thing to do to think about how am I going to say this without pointing a finger in any way and just really talk about how I'm feeling. Well, I have to say that I feel like there's a lot of reciprocity that goes into those type of statements. I believe that you 
I mean, you do it so well. And obviously it's a learned thing. Uh, these I mess I messages mm -hmm. that you have been saying over the year. I mean, I didn't even know what was happening in the beginning when you, when you made the transformation in our relationship, um, we were making these big shifts, you started using those and, and I didn't even know you were doing it. And all I, I started realizing as we were having discussions that, oh, she's saying I, and she's saying I, this, that, well, then I feel this way and I think this way. And I, it was, I just felt like it was easy for me to reciprocate those I messages as well. And I found that when we were arguing last week, I felt it shifted when it went into those I messages and you were talking how you felt and then I, next thing I know, I'm like, oh, that's right. Now I'm, I'm, I've been saying you, you, not I, I. So it's definitely effective. Yeah. When I was able to lay my defenses down, it took me a while last week. Once I was able to do that um, and move into better communication, the communication we actually know is going to work. It is, you can think about how much different it feels when I say when I say those words differently, I'm saying the same thing, right? But it feels very different when I say that. You know, it's all your fault. We don't spend time together versus I feel like I could use some more time with you. How do you think we can go about working on that together? Well, it's amazing. The way you just worded that goes from putting me on the defensive to the me thinking about like now it's internal going, oh, she's asking for my advice on how we can get more time together. Right. Yeah, it, it kind of takes away that back and forth, you versus you. And instead, it's more focused on how I'm feeling and how I feel like we can work through this really better. And and really what it comes down is just being very intentional in your, in your language. And that's really hard to do when you're in the heat of a moment. It is extremely challenging. But noticing in your arguments, take a moment to, to look at them and, and deconstruct them a little bit and see where it gets heated. See what kind of language is being used. And then next time, try a different strategy. If that didn't take you where you wanted to go, what's a new strategy? And one of those might be really focusing on some iMessages. Another idea, and all of these, a lot of these kind of go hand in hand, but another tip is to really let go of that need to win. Oh, but wait a minute. We're arguing. And the point of an argument, right, is to have your side seen and to, to make sure that you come out on top, right? Well, I mean, really, that's what you think of in an argument, right? It's, it's one versus the other. One person wins. One person loses. But the truth is, we are a partnership. And we're not a partnership set up to have one win and one lose. We're a partnership set up to have us work together to come to compromises and commitments where we are working together as a team to get where we both need to be, to get both of our needs met. So it's definitely what I think we are trained, you know, about an argument. Well, I just need to win this thing. I need to push as hard as I can until I win. But... If you're both focused on getting it right, there is no way that an argument is going to end in a healthy way. There just isn't. A lot of skill of arguing well comes down to being able to check out fight and flight instincts to let those fight and flight instincts to recognize them and instead focus on resolution. So explain to me a little bit more, what do you mean by that fight or flight? Well, you and I are very different in our 
are the way that we handle conflict, right? Yeah. You are fight. You're a fight, right? <laughs> yeah. You like to go at it right then. You go big. Sometimes your voice gets loud. You your your uh, physical gestures get bigger, you know. And me, I tend to be somebody who I go into flight mode. I I feel like I have to get away from the conflict in any way I can, whether that's physically, you know, verbally. It's often physically, right? I just feel like I got to get out of the room. I I don't know what to do to make it better. So you and I have very different strategies about that. And if we're both in fight mode, we're both trying to win the fight, Mm -hmm then we're not going to be able to resolve. It's, there's no way it's going to resolve in a healthy way, right? So we have to check those instincts that we have. You know, the, I have to check that instinct that I have to get out of the room and instead sit and be present and try to work my way through it. And you have to check that instinct, just fight, you know, and just go big your way through it. You know what I mean by that? When you mention the fight or flight, I feel like when we start getting, if I'm reflecting back on our arguments, when we start actually getting to where we're accomplishing something and learning something or growing from this, it is when we go into opposite modes. Mm. So it's kind of, you know, you think about it, like Mm -hmm. your flight mode, now that I understand what you're referring to, you, if you can't leave the room or don't leave the room, you go into a yes, uh, yes mode. Mm-hmm. Towards like, uh, yes, okay, yes, you agree. There we go, an agreeable mode. You just agree with everything. And I'm like, wait a minute. What? I thought- I'm not actually agreeing. I'm just right. saying it, it for the sake of saying it, right? Yeah, like you're done and you're, yeah. you've checked out. So it's mm-hmm. like you have walked out of the room. And whereas if I'm in that fight mode, I'm like, no, come on, don't, what do you, don't do that. Keep going, keep going. Where I feel like we finally get the resolution is when we flip sides. Mm-hmm. When Instead of me being in a fight mode, now I'm calmed down and now I'm listening to what you have to say and hearing and not agree, not necessarily just agreeing with you, but I'm, I'm like taking that deep breath and, you know, my blood pressure is calmer and, mm-hmm. and I'm much e- like things are actually landing on me now and like, okay, I see, I see. Yes. Okay. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. physically I change, mentally I change internally my, like I said, my Everything about me changes as well. And you're saying I I do better when I kind of go into a little bit more of a... A fight. It's a, a fight mode, but not it's not, not an aggressive fight mode. It's just willing yes. to have the heavy conversation to actually work it out rather than just yes. letting it go. So your instinct really is to win. Yes. My instinct is to retreat. <laughs> yes. And then we flip, but we flip in a mutual way in that we're both willing to come to compromise. I would say 100% because if if we're both retreating, we're not getting anywhere. If we're both fighting, we're definitely not getting anywhere. We should disclose that you and I definitely, like I am a big, but I come from a family that we all yell at each other. Like, you know, my mom would just yell at me nonstop and I reply back like, well, that's because this mom and, and I just, and you never had that. That wasn't well, I, I mean, my parents argued, but I would get in very big trouble for for arguing. I, I, but even as a young child, I was retreating from that yeah. tension in the household. 
Whereas you still still see it in my family now. Like, That's just who you guys are. You're loud. Loud and obnoxious. And <laughs> big and bold. And, and if I have any of my siblings listening to this, they're all going, shaking their head yes right now. Well, and I think it's interesting to think, if we think about our instincts, right? Our, our instincts are what happen immediately once the conflict comes up. Your instincts to fight, my instincts to retreat. And then when we're able to finally calm those instincts and to really get down to being intentional with what we're looking for then we have some control over what the outcome is going to be so it's really checking those instincts or recognizing them and recognizing they're not going to serve us your way my way not doing us any good so we have to put those aside and and move forward in a healthy way and i gotta say it's so hard it is so hard i mean we're sharing this to be vulnerable, obviously, but man, it's, it's not an easy thing to, to be on that other side when it's going on and to say, Oh yeah, we just need to no check ourselves and be calm. Yeah. And I'm definitely not, not trying to pretend that all of these strategies are easy. I think when it comes to anything in our marriage, really learning our, how to argue is, is definitely one of the toughest things. And we're still working through that all the stuff we've learned over the years we're still working through that and last week was a big reminder of that that we still have a lot of work to do I still have a lot of work to do and it's definitely not easy but it becomes easier you know that fight we had last week probably would have gone on for many many days more had we not had these tools in our pocket to find our way back to The next idea is to not be afraid to take time to cool off. We were just talking about that too. Right. And I think that there is a lot of talk out there and a lot of belief that, that says don't go to bed angry. And for me, I battle that thought because I have a hard time continuing in an argument with you if it's late if I'm tired, if I'm emotional, the longer that goes on, the harder it becomes for me to have any kind of clarity towards resolution. And it typically will just get worse and worse and worse. It tends to be that our arguments happen at night. That's just our pattern. And the longer it goes, the harder it is. And what I find is if it's during the day and we step aside and take some time to cool off, to think, you know, and take some breaths and then come back to each other, I feel like we have a much higher success rate in resolving that. And if it's a late night argument, if I can just go to sleep, I tend to wake up in a totally different place, feeling like I absolutely can resolve this. I'm feeling optimistic. I'm feeling ready to talk about whatever it is we need to talk about. So I don't really agree with that. Don't go to bed angry. I get the concept behind it. But for me personally, that idea really doesn't work. I think it's a it's a personality thing. You just alluded to, you know, you do get really tired and really worn out, and not just physically, but mentally in the evening time. Whereas I could go hours beyond your ending point and continue to be fresh isn't the right word, but you know what I mean? Like I tend to, I can outlast you in, in time and it's, So our personalities aren't lined up to make sure that we resolve everything prior to putting our heads on the pillow. Mm -hmm. Whereas some people do have that 
they they are lined up. They are both laid out. Night owls are, you know, they they want to end the conflict and they're just willing to, you know, put everything else aside and end it, kiss and say goodnight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. We are you and I are built, you know, very differently, and that's okay. And sometimes it's, I mean, incredibly uncomfortable because we do have times where we go to bed angry. But typically, the next morning, we sit down and and have the the talk again but it's usually not a heated talk it's more of a level-headed kind of a talk and I feel like I'm ready to to tackle whatever it is that topic is so I think it's okay to evaluate that for yourself and to not have to feel like you're not allowed to take a break whether it be overnight or whether it be during the day and I'm not you know encouraging you to put this going for days and days I'm not saying put off an argument in any way I don't I don't agree with that. If you have something that you are struggling with, I think it's very important to to tackle it when uh, as soon as you can. But it's okay to take a break, take a breather, take a little bit of time for yourself and step away. And then the last tip that I have is staying present. And this is something we still struggle with today, but is so important. Whenever one of us brings up past mistakes or past problems or things one of us has said in the past, it becomes an argument about the past and not about the present argument. So it's like we're creating two arguments in one. And sometimes we are terrible at this. You and I both struggle with this. We'll try to bring up like, you'll try to bring up things that I said in the past or how many times we've talked about this certain thing. And I have the worst memory. I mean, truly the worst memory. I don't remember things like often what I've said or you know, when we had this argument last or whatever it was. And that just causes an argument about whatever it is you're saying, because I don't agree with it. Or, you know what I mean? Like, it it just puts us in this like perpetual circle that we just, we're not even arguing about what we were arguing about to begin with. Yeah, absolutely. This is definitely, this is, I know something that in our arguments, we struggle with all Mm -hmm. the time. You, you have that where you're right. I can like, wait a minute, we, this, this, you know, you said this at this point and, you know, you're like, oh, I don't remember saying that at this point. Or I'll I'll bring up to like, wait a minute, we we dealt with this at this particular time period. It doesn't matter what I say. If I'm going backwards, I'm not being present. Mm-hmm. I feel like this in, in all the things you've said, this is the one that's the easiest to see right off the bat. That's true. I think we we do it uh, often. Mm-hmm. We go there. But you're right. We are pretty good at recognizing fairly quickly okay we're arguing about something else and it's not going to get us anywhere why are we doing this right and it doesn't matter what the thing in the past was it's not what we're dealing with at this very moment it's not the past it's it's happening right now but i i in saying that i do feel like what happens is it brings up feelings that resonated with you when you dealt with something like this in the past mm-hmm. i feel like when we argue if we just stayed present it would probably get rid of at least 30 percent of our argument at least because oftentimes you if you bring up something from the past i get defensive then we have to go down that whole road where i'm figuring out okay i'm being defensive or you're you say you're being defensive right and then i gotta fight that i gotta figure out how to call my defenses if i bring up something from the past or feelings from the past you get defensive about it and you've got to figure out how to, it just, 
it just goes on and on and on. So I think you're absolutely right. If we could learn how to just always be present, (laughs) that would be amazing. But the truth is, it's not very practical. Our instincts are often, because we go into defense mode or fight mode, our instincts are going to be to figure out how we're going to best play forward our side. And oftentimes that's going to be bringing up things from the past, right? The point, though, is to recognize, just like you were saying earlier, is to recognize when you do that. Recognize it. Okay, I'm talking about a previous argument. That argument does not matter. What matters is what we're talking about right now. Even if that previous argument um, brings up the feelings that you're actually feeling right now. Sure. And that's the hard thing. And it could be the same argument. It could be the same about the same thing. But again, you don't want to go back to that because... Because first of all, what we remember about it is going to be different. What you remember about it is going to be different than what I remember about it. We're just, again, we're going to be arguing about two separate things at the same time when really our goal is to stay focused on whatever our feelings were about what we were bringing up today. Stay there and present and work through that one. I think that's what we should title this podcast is how to reduce your arguments by 30% guaranteed. <laughs> just stay present in the argument. I love it. All right, so we have six tips for you. Number one was laying down defenses. The second tip was avoiding criticism and attacking. Our third tip, using iMessages. Fourth, let go of the need to win. And the fifth, don't be afraid to take some time to cool off. And tip number six, stay present. And that will do it for today. Thank you so much, Joel, for being with me on today's podcast. It was challenging one but a good one and I think that was really important for us to talk about and process through our own feelings from last week right well I feel you did a great job (laughs) and I feel you did a great (laughs) job too thank you for joining us on the married and naked podcast I'm so happy you were all here with us today we would love to hear your thoughts go ahead and leave comments if you are willing we would love to have a review left And if you have a question for the Married and Naked podcast, you can head to the Married and Naked website, click on the Ask Married and Naked Anything button. You can ask an anonymous question that we can tackle right here on the podcast. We will see you next time on the Married and Naked podcast. Take care, everybody. Bye.